what a night it is st patrick's day happy st patrick's day to those who are following along and celebrating on that i'm your host of tonight's show i'm jacob westendorf i'm joined by mj hurley and we're here to talk you know march madness and college basketball and, you know the usual yeah the usual stuff oh yeah by the way a blockbuster by uh, the way Sanjay, you're absolutely invited. Check the Slack channel, and I've got a link in there. Hop oh on in gosh. whenever you're ready. So let's move in here. But we've got news. The Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders have agreed to a trade. Devontae Adams, not a package deal, apparently, with Aaron Rodgers. I was wrong for everybody. I'm right here. I was wrong. I thought those two would be together for the celebration of Rodgers' time in Green Bay. And now the Packers receiving core needs uh, some rebuilding for sure. Uh, so we're going to get through this a little bit here. I'm your host. Like I mentioned, I'm Jacob Westerf. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westerf. I've got MJ Hurley right over here with me. You can follow him on Twitter at MJ Hurley Sports. Uh, MJ, just take me through your initial emotion. So I was about five minutes before my show, Third Down Thursdays, that I do every week when this happened. And so... I was scrambling to get that going because uh, we were talking to Mike Golick Jr. tonight. So I was like really focused on that. And then this happened and I was uh, freaking out. My fan reaction, this is what I said on my show, my fan reaction was gutted, like you said. I am just, I and Devontae Adams was the best wide receiver I've seen come through Green Bay and one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen touch a football. So to see him leave Green Bay is absolutely terrible. Um, my reporter, like logical reaction is it's not that bad. Obviously you would like a higher price, but to be honest, to get a first and a second round pick in this year's draft for a guy who it appears, uh, what Rob Domofsky said, and I've kind of been able to agree is that Devonte Adams didn't want to be in green Bay. They offered him five years, 141 million point five dollars like he's getting from Vegas. And he said, no, he said he didn't want it from green Bay. So when he said he didn't want to play on the tag, when Ian Rappaport was saying he wasn't happy, it's not that they weren't giving him the money. They were going to give him the money. He just didn't want to be in great green Bay anymore. He's going to go home to play with his college quarterback, Derek Carr. I'm very happy for Devonte. I wish him the best. He's done so many great things for green Bay. Um, so obviously I'm gutted and I hate to see him go. But as I said to you before we started, Jacob, uh, the Packers went to the NFC Championship game with Jeff Janis as our best receiver. And obviously, no disrespect um, to somebody who caught one of the best Rodgers Hail Marys ever. But we still have better receivers on our roster right now than Jeff Janis. So the Packers will be fine. Aaron Rodgers will be fine. This is something he signed off on. He was fine with it. We understand now why it took him so long. Because if the best wide receiver in football is leaving your team, you kind of got to think about if you want to stay there. He still wanted to be there. So as long as 12 wants to be here and was okay with this, then I'm okay with it too. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot to this, obviously. And I think I would start with when I read the – I got a text message how I found out. So how I found out was from my friend and one of my colleagues here, Joe Arrigo, sent me a message that said the Raiders are trading for Devontae Adams. And I was like, what? Like, no fucking way. Like, <laughs> just no, no way. That's That's not what happened. Then I opened Twitter. I was like, sure as shit. They did. And then it was just like, I just kind of kept scrolling, trying to wait for trade compensation. 
Um, you know, Ian Rappaport initially reported that it was at least two premium picks, maybe a player and maybe more picks after that. Obviously, that is not what happened. I am at least curious. I do wonder what player was discussed uh, just to see how that would have gone. But I will say as far as the compensation for everyone's like, oh, that's all they got for Devontae Adams. It's like, well, it was what they got for a receiver who is 30 a receiver that they did have to give a massive contract to the biggest one in history of the NFL for a wide receiver and a guy who was only going to play in one place. It really sounds like this was, he wanted to play in Las Vegas and the Packers helped accommodate that request. I think that um, I, I, I just think that from a leverage standpoint, the Packers didn't have a whole hell of a lot because everybody in the league knows they're up against it from a cap standpoint. Yeah. And then you add in the fact that that is where Adams wanted to go. And I'm sure that was made clear that that is where he wanted to go. Here's my, like you said, my fan reaction gutted. Uh, I was an intern for Packer report when Devonte Adams was drafted. That was the first draft I ever covered. They drafted Clinton Dix and Devonte Adams. And that's always been a very special draft class to me for that reason that that class is now all off of the team at this point. Uh, which is sad for a lot of different reasons, but some really good memories out of it. Obviously, haha, Clinton Dix had a nice little career in Green Bay. Richard Rogers caught a Hail Mary. Devontae Adams was awesome uh, with everything on that. So I think that the other part of it is just, here's the part where it doesn't make sense. Okay. For, from the Packers side of things, at yeah. least, um, you know, I mean, maybe this relationship really was unsalvageable. And that's kind of what this tells me completely is that it, it just got to a point that it was unsalvageable because the Packers, obviously, like you mentioned, re-sign Aaron Rodgers, and their goal is like Brian Gutekunst said at the Combine when he knew this shit was going on, that we have a goal to win a championship right now, and we think we're in a championship window right now. And those things go to a point where if you're trying to win right now, you're best suited doing that with Devontae Adams. Like one of the criticisms could be with trading Devonte now is that they've let other guys go off the market. Well, number one, I don't think the free agent receivers that have been on the market are guys. The Packers were interested in anyways. And number two, like even if they did that, they were still downgrading like Allen Robinson, just to throw a name out there is a downgrade from Devonte Adams. Duh. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> or even if you, or even if you go absolute high end, if you go the highest end, like the best receiver that's changed teams this off season, well, <laughs> other than Devante is, um, Amari Cooper and Amari Cooper is a significant downgrade from Devante Adams. And I like Amari Cooper. I do. I think he's a yep. good receiver, but Adams is the best of the best and he's going to deserve that. Now in a vacuum, does this deal make sense? The answer is yes. Um, I think that in a vacuum, the deal makes sense because the Packers are not going to trade or give quarterback money on a third contract to a wide receiver. I think that part was made no. relatively clear and they didn't. Um, they got a first round pick. They got a second round pick. They have four picks in the top 60. The only part where this stings and doesn't make sense. And I'll bring up my man's Matt Jensen here where the last part here, have to add serious wide receiver talent now immediately. And that is true yep. because as we sit here right now at nine 15 on March 17th, the Packers number one receiver going into 2022 is Alan Lazard. I like Alan Lazard. He's a nice player. Big he cannot fan, be yeah. your he, he cannot be your number one wide receiver. Not on a good team. Not on a good team. So the Packers, here's the other thing that I'm going to say here to give you guys, everybody watching here that's freaking out. What the hell is going on? Why are they doing this? Whatever. They're going to do something. 
And I don't think that means just the draft. Mike Wenland nope. in here says he's expecting MVS and either Juju or Sammy Watkins. I'm okay. Like, I mean, I'm that's not right, going to, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to, that's not going to move the needle. There aren't a whole lot of things that they can do from a free agent standpoint. That's going to move the needle. I will bet you right now, they take two pass catchers in this draft um, and maybe two in the first two rounds, you know, they could alternate picks with like edge receiver, something else receiver and kind of move along that way. I, I certainly think that is a possibility. There are guys and there are guys in the trade market. Like nobody thought Devontae Adams was going to get traded and then he did. So I don't know what that means. I'm not going to throw names out there. I'm not going to speculate on guys they could go for, but maybe the Packers use some of those picks to acquire somebody to win right now. Just look at this now, MJ, from the standpoint of Adams is not on the team anymore. What's your confidence level and their ability to quickly rebuild their receiving core? Because again, this is a team that says they are in a championship window. So if they're in a championship window, you're not going to play for a Super Bowl with Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb catching passes. So how confident are you in Gutekunst's ability to rebuild this receiver room? And where would you start? I'm very confident, Jacob. Um, the the reason being, it, it's kind of twofold. One, this move created some cap space. We already heard um, Diana Rossini and some others were saying Rasul Douglas is probably coming back to Green Bay because of this. Um, and so so we've got some a little bit more wiggle room where if we want to sign a free agent wide receiver. We have that ability at this point in time. We have the ability to make a trade and take on a little bit of money, depending on what the contract looks like coming in onto the books. So that's number one. We got a little bit more money. Um, Obviously, again, like you said, like like everybody's saying, it's not good to lose Devontae Adams. You know, top two, not two. That's the guy. It's not good to lose that, but it does give Gutekunst a little bit of wiggle room that he has really not had in the last few months. So that's number one. Number two, when I was at the combine, and this is something I said to you when I came on um, the gold zone, Packers were talking to a lot of pass catchers. And this is not just the normal doing their homework in case somebody falls to them type thing. This was, I swear, every person I talked to, every prospect I talked to had talked to the Packers. Every person I talked to said the Packers have talked to all of these guys. Like the majority of their meetings, the first couple of days at the combine were with offensive weapons and were with pass catchers. And so part of that goes to just obviously always trying to surround Aaron Rodgers with rep- weapons. That doesn't mean all of those are first round guys. We haven't draft- drafted a wide receiver in the first round since Javon Walker. I do think this is the year that might change, especially with two first round picks. If there's ever a year the Packers are going to draft a receiver in the first round, 2022 NFL draft in Vegas. Let me jump in on that too, because here's what I'm rooting for, and I cannot wait for this to happen. What I cannot yes. wait for is for them to be on the clock at pick 22 or trade up slightly from 22 and draft a pass rusher. I just cannot wait for that to oh, happen. Yes. It, I cannot wait because I promise you between now <laughs> and, and April 28th, there are going to be 100 mock drafts that have the Packers drafting receiver receiver. Them. Receiver, receiver at yeah. 22. And here's the thing. I'm I'm not against that. So let's talk about some philosophies when it comes to drafting receivers in the first round. Yes. Obviously, that's going to be a big topic of discussion here as we get into draft season because the Packers now, obviously, they're going to need to add. They needed to add to their receiving room with Devontae Adams. Without yeah. him, they certainly need to add to this room. So here's my take on drafting a receiver when it comes to the first round specifically. 
my take is that the Packers' biggest need is at edge. They got Preston Smith. They got Rashawn Gary. And you're going to say, well, they have two starters. What do they need it for? Number one, you no such thing as too many. At least. You need four. Yeah, that's that's kind yeah. of the first way to look at that. So Whitney Merciless, you bring him back, and then you draft this dude. So my thing is the top six edges in this class, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, George Kalarftis, Trayvon Walker, and David Ajabo. If one of those six guys is available, the Packers need to run the card to Commissioner, Commissioner Goodell. If it comes down to like edge seven or Chris Olave, who is my wide receiver one, just for example. Correct. Then the Packers should draft Chris Olave. But I don't think it needs to be like everybody says, oh, they need to start with a first round receiver. Well, they don't need to. They could. They can. I'm not saying they shouldn't because out of principle, but the idea that the only way they're going to get a receiver to be productive for this team in 2022 is if they take him in the first round, like that's some magic elixir that unlocks yeah. productive receivers. Cause Lord knows Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones, and Devonte Adams were all really unproductive because they weren't first round picks. Now that being said, do the Packers need to invest in this receiving room? Absolutely. They do because nobody's left. I mean, like I, like right. I kind of mentioned, you got to throw the ball and everybody that says they want this team to play around their running game and hard play action. And like, that's all well and good. Here's the reality. And here's what I'm most interested in for the Packers in 2022, as far as their passing game goes third and 10 game on the line, need a big play. Who those plays. To? Exactly. And those, everybody says that Rogers locks onto Adams in those situations. And I made a joke like that earlier. And I understand that, but more often than not, those are players, not plays. So, for example, the, the example I use all the time is the AFC Championship game in 2019. Patriots are playing the Chiefs, and the Patriots have the ball in overtime, and they're going down the field. And it's third down. They had three third downs. Edelman, Edelman, Gronkowski. They didn't draw plays to scheme those guys open. They drew up plays that called those guys' number. And in 2019, the same year, uh, the Packers played – or the, I'm sorry, the following year. So it was 2018, 2019 NFC divisional game against the Seahawks. Yep. Devontae Adams, big third down reception. And then Jimmy Graham, which was, you know, whatever. But Jimmy Graham was clearly somebody they thought was a money player. Those are the guys you draw those plays up for. And right now, I don't know who that would be. Maybe it's a Rook. Maybe it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Maybe it's a trade for somebody. You know, I don't know yet. But that is what I am most curious about when it comes to that so of the first round receivers mj that you said the packers talked the most of them which one caught your eye the most and the one that caught my eye is your guy chris olave um he goes to a poverty school i just want to point that out it's unfortunate he went to a poverty university it does and, it is really sad and the on the and the runner-up in the big 10 east last year just throwing that all out there and that is a big reason why having him in green bay would be good for the guy you know, he did wear 17 team. before, you know. I don't know if you knew that, but before he wore number two at Ohio State, he was number 17. I don't want to know the reaction that this fan base would have. I that. can't wait because they gave they gave Clay Matthews Rashawn Gary or number to Rashawn Gary like 10 yeah. seconds after he was drafted. And Clay was like, not pissed Barely about it, but he wasn't happy about it. And he was like, the body's not even cold yet. Oh my gosh. I would love to see that. But, um, I create. I accidentally created some buzz when I was at the combine because the Packers had a very lengthy meeting with Chris Olave, um, and when he was asked who he met with, the Packers were the first team he listed off. Now, he also said he wanted to play with the Raiders because that was his brother's favorite team. So who knows? 
but I know they had a very lengthy meeting with Olave. And in terms of all the RAS and all the things that come into the Packers drafting a receiver or drafting anybody, Olave fits the bill. He's the top receiver in the draft. And so if there's any guy that the Packers are going to go out and get saying, we need a top pass catcher, there's a chance they might have to use one of the picks they just got to move up. But if they're going to go get a guy, I think if you want the biggest difference maker that they could get as a pass catcher in this draft is Chris Olave. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see how that plays out. And one thing I did want to point out, True North Packers fan, four picks in the top 60. He bought his draft guide from Game On Wisconsin, and we got 64 picks in the top 60, five in the top 100. Use that link right below me here. You guys can have an opportunity to buy something like that. I got a few questions coming in. David Dixon's asking, do they trade love now for another second or not? I would, I've said this before. I don't think they will. Cause I don't think that's going to be offered, but if that is offered, I would take it. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a quarterback. I still don't go take ahead. It. I still I would. Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback for at least the next two or three years. He is, but the, keep in mind the man's still what? 39, nine, 39, 39 in December. He has a history of if he takes a really bad hit, he's out for the season. Okay. And a 39-year-old, even in whatever health with whatever cleanse Aaron Rodgers is doing this week, he's still, you know, susceptible to a broken collarbone or, you know, a torn muscle in his calf. So I still would keep around the guy the Packers wanted to spend a first-round pick on. I mean, it sounds stupid, but even with the contract they signed Aaron Rodgers to – Unless I'm getting a first for Jordan Love, I'm not answering the phone because I still want a guy who can somewhat run the offense. And again, no offense to Kurt Benkert or whoever would be the guy behind Jordan Love if they did trade him for a second. But we saw what happened when somebody like Seneca Wallace was running the Packers offense. It didn't go well. I still want somebody who the Packers initially trusted to be their franchise quarterback at some point being the guy behind my 39-year-old franchise quarterback. My take on that is that if Rodgers goes down, they're screwed and they're not winning a Super Bowl anyways. Fair. And so if that's going to happen, like, whatever. Like, yeah, but yeah. That, that's Kurt Banker, let Kurt, let Kurt Banker do it. I don't even care. Like, and nothing against Kurt Banker. It's just, I don't even care. Right. Like now the thing is, if you're going to don't trade Jordan love just to trade him. Like if somebody says, Oh, we'll give you a fourth round pick. It's like, okay, well then in that scenario, yes, Jordan love has value right. because he can ball out in the preseason potentially. And he can play well in sparing regular season games that he gets and potentially up the ante on that. The thing is, like I mentioned, Jordan Love's not going to be the preferred starting quarterback in Green Bay before his contract expires after next season. That means he's not going to be the quarterback because they're not picking up his option for however many million dollars. And they're not going to give him a blind extension based on practice reps. So that's beside the point that we kind of talked about. I would move that. I would move that. I'm sorry. I would move Jordan Love. Uh, if you can get something of value, but I would not move him just for the sake, just for the sake uh, of, moving, of yeah. moving him. Let's talk about the, the compensation. Like we talked about, we got to this at the beginning a little bit, but yeah, a first round pick and a second round pick. So they have two picks in the top or excuse me, four picks now in the top 60. And for those that have wondered, my colleague, Jacob Morley pointed out here, it's four picks in the top 60. Like I mentioned, Brian Gutekunst is really good at first and second round picks. Yep. Say for Jordan Love, he's hit on every first round pick that he's made, and the second round picks have all turned out. Say for Josh Jackson, pretty good as well. 
So that's a good start there. Well, let's talk about that compensation. When you heard Devontae Adams had gotten traded before you knew anything else, what, you know, what were you expecting? Do you think that's about what it is? You know, what do you, what do you think on the, on just what they received in return? Well, the, the initial thought, and I asked a couple of people, um, you know, who know what compensation should be right when it happened. What do you think the compensation is? What I heard, and this wasn't like, this is what, it will be, this is, this is what I would trade for Devante in this exact situation was the first, the second, a mid round pick this year or next year and some player. I honestly think Goody didn't want a player in return because he didn't want to bring in more money for whatever contract it was. And he would rather have a cheaper, younger guy than whoever Vegas was offering. And then a mid round pick, it is what it is, and he didn't want to break the deal on that. That's kind of my evaluation. Now, is a first and a second for Devontae Adams equal? Um, when I was causing chaos about Aaron Rodgers at the Combine, the other thing I heard in that conversation and that I was told is that the price on Devontae was one first-round pick, and that was in a tag-and-trade situation. So they got that. They got the first-round pick. That was the expected price for Devontae Adams in a situation where he said, I will not play on a tag, and I don't want to play in Green Bay. So the Packers actually got a little bit more than the expected price. They got some cap space. They did the best that they could with the situation. Um, I'm really not mad about the compensation whatsoever because that's what, you know, scouts, coaches expected it to be. Quick uh, answer to this question, Stephen. No, Kevin King was a Ted Thompson pick. So he yes. was not a Brian Gutekunst pick. Brian Gutekunst's first draft was Jair Alexander. Um, so we'll so take that. If you want to reference. Yeah, that, that turned out okay. So if you want to reference from there moving forward, that is uh, Alexander's pick. Question from my guy, Jax, uh, asking a, a guy like Will Fuller. Uh, and here's kind of my take. A couple years ago when the Packers were in on him at the trade deadline, I was I was in on that as well. I thought the Packers absolutely could, could do something like that. Um, they didn't, and it turned out to be a good decision for them. He was suspended as soon as he wasn't traded. And then last year he signed with Miami and was mostly injured throughout the course of of the year. I think the Packers could use a guy now. Like here's the thing with Will Fuller, his upside is higher than Marquez Valdez Scantling and his price tag is going to be lower. So with his price tag being lower, obviously there's a reason for that. It's because of his injury issues. Right. Uh, I do wonder, I guess MVS has kind of sat around. Maybe the Allen Robinson domino is what needed to fall for MVS to get his contract, anything like that. Um, you know, if Fuller's going to be a two, three million dollar guy, maybe five million with some incentives or something like that, the price has to be right, right? Yeah. Because they're not going to bring him in. You know, if he says, "Hey, I want two years at twelve million dollars a P," is like, okay, well then, no, <laughs> no, that's not going to be something that the Packers should do. And I don't care what situation they're in. But when you talk about these veteran receivers that are out there, you know, Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Julio Jones. Um, Odell Beckham, who's coming off an injury. So I don't even think that'll be no. an option for the Packers. It's like, there's not a lot of great options from a veteran standpoint. Cause you're not, the problem with this is everybody's looking like, okay, how do we replace Devonte Adams? You don't, and, it takes like three guys to replace like what Devontae did. Yeah. It's like the scene from remember the Titans when they ask him, uh, how do you replace Gary Bertier, his, his captain linebacker and Denzel Washington, Herman Boone says you cannot replace a Gary Bertier when you can't replace Devonte Adams. No. But you're going to try, like you said, it's going to take two or three guys. You know, Adams caught 175 passes each of the last two seasons. He's been incredible for Green Bay the last couple of years. So it's going to be, 
interesting to see how they fill those gaps. But they're not going to just walk into the season with Alan Lazard and and Randall, and Randall Cobb just, and Amari Rogers. No, that's just not going to happen. As far as Rasul Douglas, I don't know, but I am thrilled he's going to be back, and we will get to that here in just a minute. True North Packers fan asked, "What yes or no to Austin Hooper?" I did see the. I don't know if you call it a report. I'll say tweet. Maybe it's a report. I know Nagler's connected, but Aaron Nagler suggesting that the uh, it, he might be wrong on saying no to Austin Hooper. All I said, I remember afterwards, it was uh, after he was released, the Packers were in on Hooper when he signed in Cleveland. So that could be something. That could be nothing. I don't. I, you know. I don't know. Um, would I bring him in? Maybe. You know, I got again. That's another one. If the price is right, kind of thing. The Packers, it's their tight end room stinks. Like it really does. It stinks. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those cases where do you bring in Hooper? Do you try and bring in Bob Tunyon and then draft a guy that's a freak athlete and try and develop him? I think that's probably the best case scenario for something like that. But Green Bay needs speed on their offense, and that's the problem that we're running into now. Is they need that speed even more now that Devontae Adams is not going to be around in Green Bay for the foreseeable future. I love the reference. It's money ball. Replace them. Instead of one, one for one, we recreated them with three guys. That's, That's probably exactly what, they're gonna what do. I was thinking. It's probably what they're going to do. So uh, Brandon cooks is what I assume that question is. Uh, Mr. Labo. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, the Packers have been connected to him in the past. doesn't sound like something that they've wanted to do before, but may, who knows? Who knows? I will promise you the Packers will make, I promise you guys this as we sit here tonight, the Packers are going to make a move at receiver. Adam Schefter has reported the Packers have amped up trying to get a veteran receiver. There are other people that have gone through uh, that have said the Packers are going to acquire somebody. And common sense dictates that they're going to try and acquire somebody. So in essence, somebody earlier in the chat pointed out, the Packers got a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and $20 million in cap space. They will create more cap space as well. They're going to re-sign Jair Alexander this summer. That's something that's still going to happen. They're still going to do some of the other cap-saving moves that they need to. And they're going to still be all in. That's the other thing about this too, is they're not going to sit on this cap space. So part of that was Rasul Douglas returning. Uh, Well, it's reported that he's expected to return. Diana Rossini reported that. And so did Josina Anderson credit to those two ladies for that report. I think that I cannot be more thrilled with that. Uh, When we went into the off season, if you asked me, who are your most important free agent signings? I wrote this for Game On Wisconsin. Number one was Devontae Adams. Number two was Rasul Douglas. I had him above Devondre Campbell. And they had one game last year, one, that's it, where they played Douglas, Alexander, and Stokes in the same game. And they suffocated the 49ers. It was ridiculous. Suffocated them. Yeah. It was the best defensive performance they had all season. So I look forward to them being able to do that all of next season. And this secondary potential of Douglas, Stokes, Alexander, with Savage and Amos on the back end, I, I just – I'm salivating over that. If they can add one of those premier pass rushers in the first round, along with a vet, this defense could be nasty guys. Like actually nasty. Rogers might have the easiest ride he's had in years. He might not need Devante. Yeah. You could have argued that he had that last year, I suppose, but we have a, you know, you have that situation where the Packers defense ends up really good and not, and actually really good. Not like really good. What we thought they were in 2019 where they actually stunk. They just made a lot of big plays, which obviously made them stink a little bit. They were bad play to play. Um, But they were good from that, you know, from the standpoint that they did make those big plays as well. So we've got a lot of things going on on that side of things, but let's talk a little bit. Yeah. I mentioned Rasul Douglas. What's your take on him most likely being back in green Bay. As long as it's not a crazy contract, I'm fine with it. 
I don't like thinking of it in the context of Rasul or Devante because that's not how it is. It's we can have Rasul because Devante didn't want to be there. It's not like the Packers front office made the choice. We want Douglas instead of Devante. No, that's not how it went. Devante didn't want to be there. So it appears they're now going to use some of that $20 million cap space that they created by trading him to bring Rasul back. And, you know, the one of the reasons Rodgers hasn't won in his career, and I'm going to try not to go on a Brady rant here, is because he hasn't had the type of defensive help that other quarterbacks have had. So, you know, it seems counterintuitive, but bringing in defensive help can also help Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't just have to be Rodgers to Devontae against the world. Yeah, and and that will be something that like I said, this defense, this is still really good. Um, yeah, you know, the, or so this team is still really good. And their defense, like again, just on the defensive side of the ball, if they add a defensive lineman, and even if they don't, honestly, you know, if you get eighty percent of what Dean Lowry was last year, they do not have a glaring yeah. hole on their starting defense, which is a lot of fun. And there's a lot of high level players on it: Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. Jair Alexander for a full year, all that stuff. It's it's good. Um, it'll be a good defense. And on the offensive side of the ball, I still have Aaron Jones, you still have AJ Dillon, but they do need they do need some juice. And maybe this is one of those 2011-y type drafts for the Packers on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that they could have that. Um, you know, where that was a draft, of course, where they famously took every single player was a defensive player. I don't think they'll do that on the offense, but I do think they'll focus on that. Um you know, Akeem Hicks is somebody that's a popular name on that. Uh, I, I would be all for that. That guy is a legitimate I'd psycho. Be shocked, though. Yeah, I, I would be as well. But that would be that guy's a legitimate psycho. Uh, the name who came out today was Fletcher Cox. Uh, it really sounds like he's going to end up back in Philadelphia, which, my opinion, that's where he belongs, anyways. Yes. But they can add a guy. Defensive line play in free agency is where the value seems to be when it comes to free agents. So adding a yeah. guy like that, they can add a pretty good player. Like Calais Campbell is a free agent. And I know he's older, but Calais Campbell is somebody that they could bring in. Steven, good timing. Fletcher Cox. I would be all for it. Trust me. I love Fletcher Cox. Yeah, I have that's for, not going to happen. For a very, very long time. Uh, who's kicking field goals, Vince? It's Mason Crosby. Who is making field goals? The answer is not Mason Crosby. So that's, <laughs> that's cool. my there's my sorry man i hate kickers i hate punters and i hate talking about special teams but that's that's the situation yeah, we don't talk right about now. special teams here no but rasul douglas was the original point that we got here yes thrilled the packers have this is arguably their best cornerback group since what charles woodson tremont williams and sam shields yeah maybe that 2014 crew that had williams and shields with casey hayward and devon micah house hyde. who all played and micah hyde and haha clinton Dix and all those guys too um, but I, I still just, think this group, yeah, yeah. So that would be, you know, that would obviously be a good thing. You're playing against some of these teams like Tampa Bay and LA that have a lot of these high level receivers. You got to be able to cover them and you got to hit the quarterback. The Packers are able to do that. The thing they probably can't do right now is go score for score with those guys. So they've got a lot of work to do on that front. Uh, Jackson, I assume you're asking about an offensive tackle. Uh, and I think the answer to that question is yes. And I say that because every year since Brian Gutekunst has been the general manager, he signed a free agent and he's drafted an offensive lineman in every single one of those drafts and offseason free agent signings. So I think the Packers will certainly do that. I, The draft class, MJ, I don't know how much you've done on the offensive tackle group. It's just weird to me. The guys are either old or they don't fit the Packers' athletic thresholds to the point where I'm thinking they just 
try and do the three guys on day three thing again, like they've done the last couple of years. So yeah, unless they're spending a first round pick, which I don't think they will. And that's what I was like, when it came to the first round guys, I, I don't think that there is one, you know what I mean? Like, there were other years where guys like fit what they normally, and it, granted they could break the mold. They certainly can. The Packers have yeah. broken molds before, but I just would be very surprised. You know, if you ask me today, right now, it's March 17th at 9 37 PM central standard time. Their two first round picks are going to be an edge rusher and a wide receiver. And my wild card pick off of that would be a defensive back. So, you know, somebody like yeah. Daxton Hill or Jalen Petrie or Lewis Seen falls maybe green bay tries to really upgrade that third safety role that they've used a bunch of that could be um maybe a defensive tackle i guess is another uh possibility on that as well but that's kind of my take on on what they could do with this expanded draft capital what's your take there mj you know obviously the draft became a hell of a lot more interesting and again by that green bay draft guide which is scrolling on the line below here it's uh, promo code flash f-l-a-s-h gets it to you for 7.99 Seven dollars and ninety nine cents. We have that a lot is, of reading to do now. That we do. That we do. So we have a lot going on here, um, and you guys got some catching up to do. But what way to do that? So just kind of what's your take here on this newly acquired draft capital and what they could do uh, with it here I, as we move forward. My biggest take is they will not use all four picks. They will move, solve your problems with aggression. They will move one of them. I don't know which one it will be. We're not going to know that until it happens. For but a veteran or for of trade up? I'm thinking more trade up. Um, so in that case, you but would there think they is one. Through. There are two instances. One of them you mentioned before the show that we won't talk about yet. There are two instances in which I would see 22 getting moved for a veteran. Other than that, um, I'm more thinking move one of their seconds to move up in the first. Yeah, I think is what I'm thinking do. right now. So what are they targeting if or who are they targeting if they do that? Because if you move a first and a second from 22, you can probably get into the top 15, maybe even higher than that. Yes. I'm thinking the David Ojabo range um, or Olave for that. If you're going um, from 22 up, possibly. Um, Yeah. And then they could also, you know, go from – 53 use their second and move up to the high second and to the top of the second round or even at that point you might even be able to snag 32 depending on what else you give them um i I really do think goody will be aggressive they are going all in they're not just gonna sit at those four draft spots i find that very hard to believe yeah i am I think that's possible. Um, I do wonder, does Gutekunst maybe value taking guys earlier? So like, for example, the Packers moved from 30 to 21 three years ago to take Darnell Savage. That cost them two fourth round picks. So could Gutekunst do something like that where he uses his day three picks to move up? Especially since he's got a lot more value at the top now. Yeah. Exactly. And then you keep those four picks. You know, my thing is always get as many picks as you can inside the first four to five rounds. But if you're going to move up in something like that, then, you know, missing out on a fourth round pick or something like that, that's okay. Especially if you're trying to get a higher level guy, but you know, maybe the Packers, it kind of depends on how the board falls, right? That's always the case when it comes to And here's the one thing I will say when we're talking about draft capital, the best situation in terms of how annoyed 
Devontae Adams was with getting tagged. The best situation other than this was he plays out his tag and walks for a third round pick. So if you're comparing a first, a second, and 20 mil in cap space to that, sign me up. Oh, yeah. Green Bay. So the best case scenario for Devontae was that Devontae stayed in Green Bay, right? Like you want to keep right. your best players. That's certainly something that they would want to do. The next best case scenario was this. They tagged him and got a fuck ton of draft capital for him. Yeah. The first round pick is massive. I think that there's been a bit of a skew on what first round picks are traded well, for. Pe- yeah, because people are sending first round picks everywhere for anyone. No. DeAndre Hopkins got traded David for a Johnson. second round pick in David Johnson. We and DeAndre won. Hopkins was younger and he got a new contract, but he was younger at the time. So and, and equally, he was pretty much regarded as the top wide receiver in the draft at that point. Yeah, and and that'll be that'll be the case here uh, for the Packers moving forward is that they were able to get that, and then yeah, that's where, again they franchise him and they're able to do that, and yeah. by being able to do that, they save themselves from him playing out the tag. Maybe he doesn't play at all. He's pissed off, and then you get a third round compensatory pick for him. Exactly. Which, me, I don't know what your take on comp picks are. Like, they're a nice little bonus. They're lottery tickets. But to me, like, the way that some people talk about these, like, you should be building around the idea of getting comp picks. Like, oh, don't sign this free agent because then you'll lose a fifth-round pick. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I know. Like, again, there are some comp pick examples that have been – like, Aaron Jones was a compensatory pick. Mike Daniels was a compensatory pick. There are examples. But more often than not, fifth-round picks are just a lottery ticket. Here's our question. Correct. If Jordan Davis is available at 15, would you trade up for him? Yes. Um, I, really? Okay, go on. Yes. I'm listening. I don't think people understand. Um, when he ran at the Combine, every single scout sitting there, all of their jaws dropped simultaneously. Well, yeah, he's like – 875 pounds and he runs 341 pounds and he ran a 4.82 that's incredible and And he made his combine numbers make aaron donald look sad slow and unathletic yes and so if you're telling me he's available at 15 we want to pick you're telling me i can run out a defensive line of preston smith jordan davis kenny clark rashawn gary and then I have the three corners that we have to just feed off of the chaos that is going to be that front four. Sign me up. I don't care. I, I, whatever you have to do, make that happen. If he's available at 15, done. Send the card in. Okay, so here's why I'm interested. I remember the discourse surrounding Vita Vea and saying he couldn't affect the passing game. Yeah. And that's why you shouldn't pick him. And maybe he went lower than he would. And he is incredible. Vita Vea, like one of the best interior defensive linemen in all of football. And I'm curious about that with Jordan Davis. Could he be that like, cause he didn't rush the passer at Georgia, but his combine numbers lead me to believe that he can. And that's something where I don't know if I would move up for him, but I'm not going to be pissed off if they do. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, it sounds weird, but he doesn't even really have to rush the path. Like, you know, he would just take up two bodies naturally. Even just- say, Jordan Davis is almost a bust proof pick in this class, just because at minimum 
he's going to be an anchor for your run defense. Right. And you get um, when you get Kenny Clark in there and able to just kind of attack guys. Yeah. And do things that they did with him last year. Think of like a juiced up Tyler Lancaster, like a much better version Literally. of that. I personally think that could be something that they that they certainly could do. Um in for that class. Let's move uh on the free agent side of things. Jadevian Clowney not asking for the moon. Do you bring him in? I no. here's my well, it, it depends on the price. Every man has his price, right? So here's my thing with Jadevian Clowney, though, is that he seems like a guy that you're going to have to start. Uh, and if you're going to have to start him, then you're taking, in my opinion, right now at this stage of their careers, two better players in Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary off the field. So that's not yeah. something I would do on that side of things. But if he was willing to be the team's third rusher, I've said this a million times, the Packers third edge rusher in 2022 needs to be a veteran. Yes. Some a, Not a draft pick. I don't even care if it's a first round pick. It's got to be a veteran for something like that. Because Rashawn um, Gary was a really good top pick. And it still took him a few years. Exactly. Exactly. So let's go ahead. We're going to get to the end of our uh, discussion here as we keep rolling. I appreciate you guys stopping in. I'm Jacob Westendorf. Like I mentioned, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow him. That's MJ Hurley at MJ Hurley Sports. So Andy Herman just tweeted as we were talking here, said, get the old takes exposed ready. And I, you know, I kind of hate discourse like this anyways, but whatever, it's a show and we're going to have it. What are we without opinions, right? When it's all said and done, who wins this trade three years from now? We do. Because the Packers are still more likely to make win a Super Bowl than the Raiders are. And so I think that's the, Pack- the end goal. We win. And I think the Packers are in a position to where it obviously depends on who they pick, right? If they pick guys and right. they end up being good, then it then it works. Like the Raiders with the Khalil Mack trade, for example. The Raiders did not win that trade, so to speak, because they whiffed on all of those picks. But neither did the Bears because they didn't actually win anything. Correct. Like so that, I mean, that's in that good. sense, it's a wash. Like both franchises really didn't get any better because of that. The Bears were better for a year, but Khalil Mack is defensive player of the year. Can I mean, right? The the Bears don't win that trade, but it's to no fault of Khalil Mack. It, it's Correct. a it's a it's a Mitchell Trubisky thing, and it's going to be the same thing with the Raiders. The Raiders aren't going to win the trade, but Devontae Adams will still be really good. But they're still in the AFC West, and there's no way on this earth they are going to make it out of the AFC in any universe. No, like I think the Raiders have it drafting. So here's the thing with the AFC West. And oh, that is a really good point, Vince Costa. Shout out Vegas. The Super Bowl is in. Las Vegas. And Devontae can go be, watch. Devontae can go watch Green Bay win that Super Bowl there. Jackson, real quick, go to our page, Campachi Collective. They have not this exact hat. This is a novelty item now because they don't make them anymore. But we do have Game on Wisconsin hats available on our Twitter page. Um, to finish the point that, that I was making there is that I think Devontae is going to age well. But if Green Bay takes guys that are really good and they're able to win you know, without him, the Raiders at best next season will finish second in their division because Kansas city is going to win that division. And then, you know, chargers, Broncos, Raiders, I think any one of those teams could finish in second place. I wouldn't be surprised by any of those things, but that remains to be seen. What we do know is Adams will not be a green Bay Packer. That is absolutely still jaw dropping. I cannot believe we're talking about this, but a lot of off season left. The Packers have the draft 
They have some free agency left. They have a lot of trade market. There's some other things that the Packers could do to try and get a receiver. And I know that the Packers had floated this offseason that the Packers would continue to use that Saints model and go up as close to the salary cap as they could, go all in, do all that stuff. Well, they didn't do that to trade Devontae Adams and then sit on the cap space. That's not something that's going to happen either. I would be no. – well, I said the Packers weren't going to trade Devontae Adams, and I was wrong. So I will say it is very unlikely – that that is something they're going to do. We're out of time, though. I appreciate you guys stopping in tonight. We had a lot of people. Tulio, Jackson, True North, Lambo Labo, Vince, all you guys that kind of came in here and did everything, uh, hanging out with us tonight. Appreciate it. Monday night, I don't know if the Freezer Boys are going to be back or not. Maybe they will with this breaking news that came on. But I do know at minimum Wednesday, we'll have the Gold Zone. And I'm talking pass rushers. I love oh, yes. talking about pass rushers. So I'm really excited about that. He's MJ Hurley. Follow him on Twitter at MJ Hurley Sports. I'm Jacob. Follow me on it. Twitter at Jacob Westorf and buy the green Bay draft guide for top 60 picks, all kinds of fun stuff to do that. Seven 99 promo code flash, get it done. Do what you need to do. Devonte Adams, no longer a Packer. He's not going to get anything done as far as the super bowl goes. Maybe green Bay won't either, but we don't know. It'll be fun. And I'm looking forward to that. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.